David. Hey, Gunner. What's up? Uh, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. All right. Welcome back to the podcast that we call David. What's that smell? You thinking again? That's right. How you doing, David? How's Wisconsin? Uh, I am doing just fine, and Wisconsin seems to also be doing just fine. It's a sunny Sunday morning. Connor, how is Illinois looking? Uh, Illinois, also very sunny, living up to that Sunday name, and I am doing just fa- just dandy, you know? That's great. So, we want to apologize real quick. We are so sorry we missed last week's episode. Yeah. Uh, we kind of yeah. just came in a little unprepared. We were, we were caught with our pants down, if you will, <laughs> and plus a couple of things going on with us that we decided we should postpone it because we didn't want to release an episode that was, like, pathetic and sad. So, this week, we're coming in with the enthusiasm, the energy, the charisma, the, the whatever words you can think of, we are ready to go. And we decided this week, since we've done an episode on Marvel, we've done two episodes on Marvel, actually, going into in-depth what our thoughts are on them, we should, we should do an entire episode that dedicated to DC, the alternative, the other, you know? Like, the, the two sides of the same coin, you know? Uh, and DC, we're not going to talk about just the DCEU, which is the most recent branch. I think we want to talk about all of DC ever since they like started doing movies. Because DC kind of kicked off the superhero movie trends long before Marvel did, actually. Yeah. So, like, I feel like we could we can go into all of the movies that we've seen, discuss them, talk about what changed when MCU came around, you know, what made the original DC movie so interesting. And I think we could have a lot of fun with this one. You ready, Dave? I am ready, Connor. Are you ready? I am just, I am perfectly ready. So, I have a, I have a list here of some of the biggest movies that have come out in, like, uh, from DC. Okay. Uh, I left out a couple because DC's done a lot. Yeah. So, I left out a couple. I left out, like, V for Vendetta. I left out a couple of the more obscure DC movies. I left off a bunch of the Superman sequels because there were a lot of Superman sequels. But, speaking of Superman, let's talk about Superman. The first DC movie, the first big DC movie to come out was the original Superman starring Christopher Reeves in 1978. 1978, dude. Like, it's, that is so, like, early for a superhero movie. Like, n- no one was watching superhero movies in 1978. Like, no, the comic books were, like, nerd stuff. Like, that was crazy. Imagine, like, the the insanity that you could just go to the theater and watch some sort of silly superhero movie, which, that's crazy to me. Right, right. Have you seen this movie? I have not, Connor. Have you? I just actually recently watched it. Uh, and what I can tell you is it's definitely a 70s superhero movie because, like, the comics books back in the day, really silly. I mean, really silly. And Superman is, like, the perfect encapsulation of, like, silly superhero, you know? Like, that, the very cheesy situations, a lot of very unrealistic things. Yeah. But it's also very iconic because there's a lot of different moments that you've, you've probably seen parodied over and over. Everything, sure. Yeah, everything from, like, you know, Superman lifting the, lifting the like, people above their head, you know? Uh, car- flying uh, Lewis Lane to the sky, you know? Like, holding their hand as he flies around. Mm-hmm. Him spinning around the Earth to turn back time. Like it's such a, it's such a iconic film that like it's been parodied to death, and I feel uh, it definitely is like it encapsulates what D- DC movies were in the seventies and mm-hmm. before, which was like silly fun. Me personally, 
not a huge fan because I'm not a huge fan of Superman as a character. I find him really boring and I just really don't like Superman. But okay. as a whole, I feel the movie is definitely there for people who enjoy like the silly, super silly superhero movies of the day. So that was, 19, that was 1978. Now, after a bunch of Superman sequels after that, like they had Superman 2, Superman 3, Super, uh, Supergirl, there was Superman 4, Quest for Peace, which we don't talk about. <laughs> but then Batman came out in 1989, starring Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson. And uh, have you seen this one? I haven't seen this one either. Oh my gosh. Well, well, we'll see. I promise you we will get to a movie you've seen. Yeah. Uh, essentially, Batman from 1989. I don't remember a lot about this one myself. But this was like the first time that I feel like Superman was super silly and cheesy. And it was more for a certain type of people at the time. But I feel Batman was the first time that we got a character that appealed to everyone. Because it was kind of a mix of both lighthearted camp and a little bit of gritty. So it kind of, I feel like this was the first time we got to see a superhero movie that would be more towards everyone, which is, is pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, it, has, it has Jack Nicholson as Joker, which is an iconic Joker. Uh, it's got a, a couple memorable scenes that I can think of. And of course, Michael Keaton as Batman, pretty solid Batman. Uh, but we won't linger on it too long since obviously you have not seen it. It was always directed by Tim Burton, by the way, which becomes important when the sequel comes out in 1992, Batman Returns. Have you seen this one? No. Okay, don't worry. We'll get there. We'll get there. (laughs) So Batman Returns was the sequel that Tim Burton also did. He came back for this one. And it is significantly darker than the first. It's a lot bloodier. It's a lot grosser. And I mean, it's not, it's still, I think it's still along the lines of a PG movie, but it's still kind of darker than the typical superhero movie at the time. Like if this is the one that had Danny DeVito as Penguin and Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you'd be surprised how kind of, he's actually pretty good here. I actually really like Danny DeVito as, as a Penguin. Interesting. Uh, Yeah, I know, right? Um, Yeah. yeah, So it's a lot darker. It's a lot grosser. And, um, I think, like, I actually kind of like this one a little bit more than the original because I do like how far it goes. It's so weird and, like, off, like, kind of very Tim Burton-y, very weird, very dark, that I feel like it does make itself stand out a little bit more, which I appreciate. But I hear this was not very popular among the advertisers. They were very upset with, uh, with Tim Burton for making this movie so dark, so you couldn't really make toys for it because kids would have to go be like, have to see the movie. And the movie's like has people's noses getting bit off and blood Ooh. and it's weird. Oh so, yeah, advertisers were kind of annoyed with it. So uh, they decided to drop Tim Burton from the project, going from directing and writing to producing and brought in a man named Joel Schumacher, who just recently died. Rest in peace, man. But Joel Schumacher is a very... He's a very eccentric dude, and he was tasked to make the, the franchise a little more kid-friendly. Like, we wanted to be able to make toys of it, you know? So he dumbed it down a lot for the next two. But before Joel Schumacher got his hands on the series, there was and actually another movie that not a lot of people talk about. And that was the Batman animated movie, Mask of the Phantasm. Have you seen this one? I have not. We will get there. Don't worry. I'm sure as we get more modern, you'll see. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. So, Mask of the Phantasm is an animated movie. It's it's basically just a 
uh, animated series movie, like based off the animated series. They do go back into his backstory. They do a little bit more developing Batman, but it's it's also like very much within the style of the animated series. Like it has Mark Hamill as Joker. It has Kevin Costner as Batman, just like the animated series does. But like Mask of the Phantasm was like a theater movie. And honestly, for what it is, I do appreciate it. And I wish kids, like, you know, animated kids movies got this, like, mature. But I do think it's a little, a tad overrated, I think, because people, like, see it as such a, like, obscure masterpiece. You know, they're like, oh, my gosh, no one talks about this movie. So people kind of hype it up a little too much, in my opinion. And, I mean, it's good, but I feel it's not quite that good. But for what it is, pretty solid film. But now let's talk about those Joel Schumacher movies, because those have there's a, there's a lot to talk about there. Have you seen either Batman Forever or Batman and Robin? I sadly haven't, Connor. It's all good. Dark, get there. dark here. Something dark. It's all good. It's all good. It's just let me know if I'm getting too confusing. And then no, the listeners no, would be. I'm confused. keeping up. I'm keeping up. All right, Batman Forever came out in 1995, and this was the one that's that was like the official dip into okay, this is clearly made for kids. Uh, we had uh, James Earl, or not James Earl Jones, wrong guy, Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face. And you had Jim Carrey as Riddler, as the two villains. And they're, like, extremely eccentric. They're crazy bouncy and laughy and cartoony. Both of them are. And, I mean, I, I, find, those, I find that kind of funny. I did like how they were so over-eccentric. But they are not, you know, Jack Nicholson as Joker or... Danny DeVito as Penguin. They are nowhere near that dark. They're a ridiculous kitty and over the top. And they also replaced the Batman this time. Instead of having uh, instead of having uh, Michael Keaton like the first two did, now you have Val Kilmer. And uh, I don't remember much about this, this Batman. I don't understand why they changed him. But, okay, Val Kilmer is Batman now. <laughs> I don't really have much to say about it, really. And quite frankly, I mean... Aside from the fact that this movie is really over-the-top uh, kid-friendly, it, there's really not much to talk about with this one either. Like, it's just that, like, okay, you know? Like, it has decent f- comedy, and I, I like that Jim Carrey and uh, Tommy Lee Jones are having so much fun. But, I mean, that's about it, really. It's not the greatest. It's definitely less memorable than the other two because of how much it got dumbed down. And then Batman and Robin is like the the antichrist of superhero movies, if you will. People hate this movie. <laughs> like, Batman and Robin is such a divisive... Not, not divisive, no, because there's not people defending it. Everyone hates this movie. <laughs> uh, this is the one that they replaced Val Kilmer again with George Clooney, which is a weird choice because George Clooney is very, not very Batman guy. I don't know why he's... I don't know why they picked him. But the villains are what really offended people. You got... Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze, which I mean is such an odd choice. Yeah, yeah. And then you got Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy. And though she's not an awful choice for Poison Ivy, Poison Ivy in this movie is awful. Like such a like just a stupid character. There's really it's it's essentially just Riddler from the uh, from the last one where like he was a scientist who got betrayed and as a result became a villain. Except instead of being a guy, it's a very sexualized girl. And that's really only her only character. Uh, and then there's Bane in the movie as well, who is literally just a big muscly guy who goes, ah! <laughs> and I mean, like, this movie is beyond stupid. Like, 
I, it is the level of stupid that I feel can only be achieved by the dumbing down and stupefying of characters that Joel Schumacher did. Like, it is so stupid. It is so ridiculous. Like, Mr. Freeze is out here just making ice puns the entire time. You've got uh, Batman and Robin fighting over uh, how, much they, uh, how much money they'd give to uh, Poison Ivy. And Batman whips out a bat credit card and is like, look at my money. <laughs> like, you've got this, like, motorcycle, like, circus act with Robin mid-movie that just completely grinds this, the movie to a halt. You've got uh, Batwoman in the movie for about 20 minutes, played by Alicia Silverstone, the girl from Clueless. It's such a bizarre movie. I don't know what they were thinking. And I mean, at least with Batman Forever, it kind of had that Batman spirit to it. I mean, it was still dumb, but like you kind of got the idea that this was still a Batman movie. I have no clue what's up with this movie with Batman and Robin. It is so ridiculous and bizarre. It's kind of kind of baffling, actually. Uh, but, you know, I feel like I don't need to linger on it much longer because people talk this movie to death. So I will leave it at that. But it's a very terrible movie. Also, uh, Joel Schumacher puts nipples on the bat suit. Interesting. Yeah, so that should tell you on the movie. Anywho, so moving on. Moving on. Uh, we're, we're still in the, we're in the late 90s to early 2000s, and that was kind of when DC kind of paused and when Marvel started to pick up. Because you got Blade now, you got Spider Man, mm-hmm. you got X Men. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is when this is when it started to get picked up for Marvel. Yeah. But DC was kind of on the decline. I feel like after Batman stopped being a cash cow, I think the companies behind them, I think it was Warner Brothers, got really like just didn't really want to go into that anymore. They didn't want to put money into superhero movies. And also because at the time, they, DC was the only guy. Like, until Blade and X-Men and such, DC was the only comic book company actually making movies, or comic book movies getting made, you know? So, like, I think DC kind of just got, like, or not DC, but Warner Brothers kind of got scared that, like, they would run out of money, you know? Like, they'd run out of the market that was going to go see superhero movies. So, like, once Batman started declining, they just kind of slowed down and all so kind of just stopped. You got Steel starring Shaquille O'Neal in 1997. Yeah, Shaquille O'Neal starring in a DC movie should be an omen to how bad things get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, that was bad. Uh, 2004 got us Catwoman starring Halle Berry, which is awful. This is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It is a baffling, awful movie. And that was kind of when people assumed that was going to be the end. Until... Christopher Nolan brought uh, brought Batman back with Batman Begins in 2005. And David, have you seen Batman Begins? I have, Tony. This is the first. <laughs> Thank the first, you. The first, the first one I've seen. The, the, the first. Okay, please. <laughs> I would love you. I would love for you to take over control and talk about what you liked about Batman Begins or disliked. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. Um, so before I get into Batman Begins, I would like to kind of discuss something that you ta- talked about a bit. Kind of like the, uh-huh. the decline of DC during the, during the nineties, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, like during like the the late twentieth century, you know, superheroes, <laughs> like you said, weren't that big, you know. And you know, you had your Superman movies, and then you had like your Batman movies, right? And that was really it. 
And so I wouldn't really say they had an upbringing during that time. They weren't even that popular. So I wouldn't even say they were even at a point to decline, you know? It's yeah, like, I mean, it was a decline because they went from modern, like, kind of relevant to absolutely nothing. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's sad. It's sad that they never really came out with a, that big movie, like that, you know, big DC movie that's like, wow, that was really good until, I guess, Batman Begins, you know? And in my opinion, I, th- I think it's good. And I'll, I'll get mm-hmm. into that in a second. Um, but okay, uh, Batman Begins. Um, this is a 2005 superhero movie about Batman. It's it's it's, it's uh, if you couldn't tell from the name, or if you haven't seen it yet, it is a Batman origin story. Correct, Connor. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> um, and uh, it says me who who's the villain in this movie again? Uh, you had Scarecrow. Uh, you had Scarecrow for a bit, and then you had Ra's al Ghul played yeah. by uh, Liam Neeson. That's it. That's it. That's it. Um, I actually really enjoyed this movie. Um, I when did I watch this movie? Um, it, it was a few years ago. I watched the movie with my dad, and and I honestly really enjoyed it. I think it's my favorite Batman movie ever. Honestly, best. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, best Batman movie I have ever seen. Better than Batman vs. Superman. Better than oh, yeah. Justice League. Yeah, I mean, I feel your competition uh, outside of that, uh, outside of those movies is very, very small. I mean, you haven't even seen the other Batman movies from the 80s. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's not like there's a ton more competition. But I, but I did see the Batman TV show. Ooh, the one with... Uh, the one with... Um, what's his name? Oh crap! I'm blanking. Uh, Adam West. Yeah, yeah, I saw that one. Yeah. Oh, I've got to love Adam West. Yeah. I left off the Adam West Batman movie because that came out in 1965. Oh really? I, I, I le- yeah, I left it off, but because it, it was it was like a TV movie. But I mean, it's if if you're looking for a ba- Adam West Batman movie, there is one. But I just, I just didn't talk about it. Okay. Okay. Um. But yeah, this this movie is it. It had potential. It has potential. To be something good, and I think the the Batman Begins, um, the Dark Knight Rises, and the Dark Knight were were movies with much potential. Connor, what would you say? Oh, definitely. I mean, like this was like a new front for DC because yeah. you went from you went from these movies that were kind of comic booky, very comic booky centric, to Christopher Nolan. Like he's a huge director he went and took these superheroes and made them into a very serious movie. Like, these aren't superhero movies, like, mm-hmm. in the traditional sense. Yeah, it's... Batman Begins is a new thing. Yeah, totally, totally flips everything that we had so far with the DC movies and totally flips it on its head. Something mm-hmm. totally different and something totally unique, and, and I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, it is a great movie. I really like Batman Begins. I also thought Scarecrow is really, really well done for being a unique take on that character. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's not the traditional, like, he's literally dressed like a scarecrow and, like, going around scaring people, being all spooky. Like, he's he's actually just a normal guy who has this technology and uses it to, uses, uses it to, like, benefit himself. And, like, 
he carries around the scarecrow mask just to spook people. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Like it's a unique idea. And uh, overall, this movie is really unique. It's different. Mm-hmm. It's new. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. If we are off the Batman Begins topic, the next DC movie right after that was 2008's Dark Knight. You know, the Heath Ledger Joker movie. This is the big one. Yeah. Big, like, big one. This is, I feel like this is the one DC achievement that has never been touched by Marvel. Like, period. Not in terms of like just the quality, because I think there's a little bit better in Marvel than there is for better than Dark Knight. But like in terms of the level of success, like the fact that this is a this is a superhero movie that transcended superhero fans and became a movie that even like film people think is like a true truly transcendent in terms of quality. Like it's a movie that is like it's complicated enough to be on the level of other action movies that aren't just superhero movies. They don't just appeal to superhero fans. It's above that, you know? It's the kind of movie you could see nominated for awards mm-hmm. more than just visuals, you know? This was a huge landmark movie. This was the first superhero movie, aside from Super- Spider-Man 2 winning Best Visuals, to win an Oscar. Heath Ledger won it for Best uh, Supporting Actor after he died, too. Yeah. Like, he won it after he died. That's like, the level of quality this movie has and Heath Ledger had in that movie is incredible. Like, this was, a, this was like, the first time that I feel you could say you liked a superhero movie and no one would make fun of you because mm-hmm. it's Dark Knight. At least at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this was, this was one year before Iron Man, so at this time, I think superhero movies were still nerd stuff. Yeah, <laughs> just a bit, yeah. But yeah, uh, you go ahead. Um... The, the Dark Knight is an incredible movie, and I totally agree. It, it totally revolutionized what we see superior movies today, really. It was, it's, it's kind of the beginning. The beginning of, of, of how big superior... Like, I think it's the reason why. I think this movie is the reason why superior movies are so big today. You know, it's like, it really, like, started... It started things off. It was the beginning. It was like, wow... I didn't realize superhero movies could be this good. And I think <clears throat> Iron Man can thank The Dark Knight for, for its success, you know? It's like oh, yeah. people wouldn't have appreciated it as much as they do without The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight is a trailblazer. And it, it has, all, all the superhero movies today have to thank The Dark Knight for what they have. You know, it's absolutely incredible. And Heath Ledger as a Joker, absolutely incredible. And I've heard stories about the method acting he did Mm -hmm. for for the role. And it's absolutely insane. It really is. Mm -hmm. I mean, he does an incredible job. The the, the way they took the characters, the story arcs is just really good. It's a really good movie all around. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. totally revolutionized what we think Marvel uh, superhero movies today. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, excuse me. Dark Knight is like, it's so. I think like what made it stand out is it's so complex. Like complex. There's so much, so many moving parts in this movie. So much like, in, so much intriguing things going on that like, it, it's it's a movie that doesn't really rely on the comic book. It's more its own film and has so much going on that like 
it's you don't think of it as oh this is just an adaptation of a comic book like no this felt like a real situation with real people Mm -hmm. and very solid though i feel uh, we haven't even talked about christian bale yet and i feel this movie is especially like the this one's more the joker movie than the batman movie in my opinion but yeah uh real quick let's talk about christian bale real quick because christian bale is one of the most divisive of the batmans because for like he kind of i don't i've never really seen him as bruce wayne i've only seen him mostly as as uh as christian bale and then his batman is has been very you know it's it's the deep voice the very stereotypical like i'm batman thing. <laughs> like it's very stereotypical it's very cheesy but what did you ever have a problem with it no it doesn't really bother me yeah, I mean, at least for me, I feel like I feel like it can be overlooked because I feel like that's not the thing you should be focusing on with these movies. It's not like the older Batman movies where like the big the big reason to watch these movies was the was Batman and the villains fighting. I think with Batman Begins and Dark Knight, they introduced enough story elements that it made it stand out on its own. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't have to just look at the Batman. Like you could actually enjoy the story and the world a little bit more than you could before. So I think we could overlook it. And I also think Christian Bale was just a really solid uh, actor and he did a good job with this character that I feel like it's okay that we don't have to see him as Bruce Wayne. It's he, he does good enough anyway, but yeah. Um, Moving on in history. So, the next DC movie was 2009 where they did Watchmen. And I don't think you've seen Watchmen. No. Yeah. But I, I won't talk about it too much because I want to talk about more what this one signified because Watchmen, uh, aside from blade, this was like the first time actually, no, this would be, this would be the first time for DC. This is the first time DC decided to go full rated R. And I mean, I guess I maybe V for Vendetta did it too. But I said, like I said, we're not talking about V for Vendetta. This would be one of the first times where DC decided that they were going to put money into risking a R-rated movie. And I think we can. Uh, I think the level of maturity this movie took and how it it didn't do great at the box office, but I feel like it's held a cult status that I feel is very uh, is like it's very strong. It's one of those movies that I feel without it happening, I think DC wouldn't have been so. Uh, warm to doing um, to doing Dark Knight or doing uh, not, Dark, not Dark Knight, so warm to doing Joker in the future. But I also feel that might be a stretch because that might have that might be due to Deadpool. I'm not sure. But point is, this was the first time you got to see an R-rated R-rated DC movie, and I feel like that's worth noting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, pretty solid movie overall. Good commentary, but a little too long. Anyways. Now, here's some more fun ones we can talk about because DC, as it kind of went on, we started to see a little bit of a wobble in terms of quality because you had the Dark Knight and Watchmen and Batman Begins. You had some good stuff. And then I feel like they started to realize, they started to sniff, you know, get a whiff of what Marvel was doing and dipped their toe. They dipped their pinky toe into it. And as a result, they, uh, they got, you know, they fell into this little puddle and Green Lantern came out. Uh, uh, no. Yeah, Green Lantern. Uh, David, can you talk about Green Lantern? It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, can, can you probably go into more detail as to why it is bad? Okay, okay. Green Lantern starring Ryan Reynolds. Oh, man. 
this was like back when he was a swear word, like back when he was in Blade Three and uh, X Men Origins. Like this was before he was good. Yeah. Um. So this is a Green Lantern origin movie uh, that we didn't need to, you know, get. Um, I think at the time that it took place, it it, it just the the technology that we had. It just wasn't good enough for what they were trying to do. Like the mm. CGI for Green Lantern, if you haven't seen it already, is booty. It, it looks, oh my gosh, it looks like true booty. booty. It's so it is true bad. Booty. It, it looks so, so gross. Fake. Like, like I, I, beyond fake, it just looks disgusting. Yeah. Like it looks like it looks like they dyed water with like <laughs> uh, with food coloring. So it, it doesn't quite look fully colorized. It just kind of looks like goo. It's really gross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, it looks disgusting. And not to mention the, the story doesn't make any sense. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I understand they're trying to go with Green Lantern's, like, original origin story about, like, the, the, uh, the guy who, um, like, the, the, plane, the plane crash, sorry. And him finding the lantern, and such, and it's just it's just not good. And how they what they did with like Sinestro, it, who's barely in the movie, barely, barely in the movie. And then instead, instead you get the giant uh, fart cloud, yeah, which what is was what's that his, about that guy's name Parallax, I think. Yeah, they they got a big old fart cloud with a face on it. Yeah, I mean, you thought Sinestro is gonna be the bad guy? No, fart cloud! Yay! Yeah, I mean, I mean, I get it. Like, you want to save your your good villain, your most famous villain for the second movie, like Dark Knight did. You know, like get Joker in the second movie rather than the first. But like, you still need a good first villain. Yeah. Like, like don't save Sinestro for your second movie if your if your only alternative is a giant fart cloud. And some guy with a big head. Yeah. Like, that was it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this this movie was a step in the wrong direction for DC. It really it really was. And it's disappointing. It really is. Um, it's just, it's gross. Yeah, if, if, <laughs> if, if they just did it later and didn't have Ryan Reynolds and had a good villain and had a good story, just completely like redid it and the original didn't exist i think they could have done it a lot better they really could have mm-hmm. like green lantern isn't a terrible superhero they just it was like the wrong place wrong time kind of thing it was just yeah not yeah no yeah. i don't even know what to, I, I really don't to, to further expand on what you said there about the wrong place the wrong time like i totally agree with that like you know, this was this was 2011. This was Iron Man two, like and and Captain America and Thor. Like Marvel movies were not, or not Marvel movies, superhero movies were not billion dollar industries yet. Like Avengers one hadn't come out yet. Yeah. So this was like during the time where Dark Knight was really the the pinnacle of money making. And I think this was when they decided they wanted to be more like DC or be like more like Marvel and try to make a universe, maybe make uh, expanding sequels rather than, you know, just a trilogy and that's it. So I feel like this was this was a movie that would have worked more if they had if they were safer, like if 
Mar- if Mar- uh, did, uh, superhero movies were more like you know profitable and you could put more money into it because like the time it came out there was no reason why you'd think a green lantern movie would make a ton of money because batman was the big guy you had dark knight and then iron man which was nowhere near green lantern in terms of the amount of cgi you need and iron man was profitable but it wasn't billions of dollars yet so like it seems like this was a movie that got it was completely at the wrong time because they it wasn't they didn't want to put enough money into it to make it look great but they they wanted to put enough money into it that it could you know be profitable but like it it seems like such a wrong move like it seems so out of left field and as a result it just does not deliver at all like it's such a weird weirdly placed movie yeah mm-hmm. so yeah that was 2011 yep so 2012, we have now gotten to the year Avengers came out. And the same year Avengers came out, we saw the end of the Dark Knight trilogy with Dark Knight Rises. Yep. Would you like to take this one, David? Because I feel like you have seen this one. I have. I have. And mm-hmm. uh, in my personal opinion, I think that the Dark Knight Rises is kind of like the weakest out of the three. Um, personally, I didn't really like Bane. As a villain in this movie. I mean, he did a fine job. But I, I just really didn't like how they did this character. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, it was, it was a solid end to the trilogy. I, I, de- I definitely liked the ending. Um, but I don't know. It, it, it felt, I don't know, kind of... Uh, what, what do you think? Yeah, I've never, been, I've never been a huge fan of this movie either. I think... Uh... Well, I want to. I guess I should state like it still has that Christopher Nolan quality to it. Yeah. I mean, it is still well shot and it has good budget, and it still has that kind of grand like hero of the entire universe or not hero of the universe, like hero of the entire Gotham kind of weight to it that I feel is can be appreciated, and a lot of people like this movie. Yeah, but I think good movie. I think Dark uh, Dark Knight Rises suffers from just. I think that was when. Uh, Christopher Nolan decided he wanted it ended now. He, I think he could have handled it better. I don't think you needed Catwoman in the movie. I don't think you needed any of the other twists near the end. And I think Bane was more of a rush job. Because, like, I don't think Bane was originally the character they were going to use. I feel like, I feel like there was another character that they were planning to use that must have gotten changed into Bane because this is nothing like Bane. It's really weird. Like it seems like this movie kind of took weird, made weird choices that I feel it didn't need to make. Like it's it's an odd movie overall, but like I see why people would like it, and I definitely would prefer this over Green Lantern for oh, yeah. sure. Right. It's nowhere near that, and I think I, I'll be more merciful to it because it's still a Christopher Nolan Batman movie, and I I would prefer this come out. Then do them do a Green Lantern two or something else that could have happened at this time. So I will give it a pass, but it's still one of those movies that I feel could have been a lot better, and kind of just fumbled because I were I think they were too worried about ending it in a way that felt conclusive and had too many and maybe had too many moving parts. I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I need to rewatch it. I'm not the connoisseur of The Dark Knight Rises. I've only seen it once, and it was when it came out. So it's been a while. Uh, so let's 
move on because we have now ended the era that we call the not Marvel era. And <laughs> we are entering now what we call the Marvel era, where Avengers has now made billions of dollars. So DC has decided now that we're done with our Dark Knight trilogy, no more quality. We are going no straight into the Marvel ripoff phase. Now, Connor, 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 Connor. Yes, 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 now, yes. Now that the Dark Knight trilogy is over, where do you think DC went wrong? Like, what's going on? Like, I think DC's first... Yeah, right. DC's first problem is that now they've decided they don't want to be Trailblazers anymore. They want to be Marvel. Like, that's, I think that's the huge problem. DC succeeded because they were Trailblazers. They succeeded because... Every movie they did was on their own terms. They either made uh, movies that were very faithful to the comics or they made movies that stood out as their own films. Like they stood out as strong uh, movies that were very much a movie rather than just a comic book, you know? And I feel now they've jumped off the... Which was their, that, was tra- that was blazing their own trail and now they want to do what Marvel is doing. But that's the only crux to what they were doing. That's the only, like, basis. That was the only starting point. They had no other ideas. They didn't have an overarching story in mind. Like, Man of Steel didn't, didn't imply that there was going to be a huge universe. It, it didn't have, like, the, the puppeteering in place to make things go to have an overarching story. It was just, let's do what Marvel's doing. Let's have, uh, you know, let's be a little bit darker. But at the same time, be lighthearted, you know? Let's introduce a bunch of characters that might get their own spinoffs. Let's try our best to, you know... I wouldn't even say try our best. Let's do a big t- crossover events. Let's do action scenes with big stars. Let's do as many characters as possible. Let's do lots of CGI. And none of this is implying a good story at all. And that is where it starts to fail. I think they just completely forgot that like they needed to make a good story to <laughs> yeah, invite people yeah, in. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Totally agree. So okay. let's talk about Man of Steel. Uh, would you like to take it over? Because I don't Pretty have a lot to say about Man of Steel. Okay. I have. Um. Okay. Um. Okay. Um. Sorry. Man of Steel <laughs> is the. I guess it's the beginning of a of a new of a new era you know, of, of the Justice League era. Uh, mm-hmm. And quite a disappointing one at that. But there are, there are, there are some, some rays of, of hope every once in a while, maybe once every few years. But we'll get into that in a bit. Um, <laughs> but I'm telling you, this Justice League era didn't start out so bright. I'll tell you that. Uh, and it starts out with Man of Steel. And Man of Steel is a movie about Superman and another origin story at that, just like Green. Also, yeah, for the record, Superman has so many movies at this point. Like, it's one to know now. 2013, we've had four Superman movies with Christopher Reeve. You had Superman Returns. You had Supergirl. You have, like, a bunch of animated show appearances and animated movie appearances. Like, You've had yeah. a lot of Superman yeah. at this point. So wanted to get wanted to let you know that. Keep um, up. Um yeah, it's it's another Superman origin movie. Um 
and I think it has Zod as the bad guy, as the villain. Played by, of all actors, yeah. Michael Shannon. Uh, I'll, I'll Very just say it right now, I didn't like him as Zod. I, I didn't like <laughs> what they did with the villain. Um, I mean, you went, you went from Terrence Stamp, one of the coolest British actors I could think of, like the coolest voices ever. Like, you, remember, you see that Haunted Mansion yeah. movie with Eddie Murphy? He's the butler. <laughs> yeah. Remember the butler? Yeah, that was the original Zod from the original Superman movies. And you replace him with yeah. Michael Shannon. <laughs> like, Michael Shannon is not the actor I would ever choose to play a villain in a movie that's not a yeah. comedy. Yeah. Like, it was weird. Go yeah, ahead. I mean, I, I, think, I think they were planning... On making sequels, I think they were trying to pull another uh, Dark Knight kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. I feel like that's that definitely is there. But, I can see that. Yeah, that Dark Knight. Influence. But it just it just what happened? Why couldn't they do it right, man? They had Dark Knight. What what happened? It doesn't make sense. It was like this movie was supposed <laughs> to be great. You were the chosen one, Anakin. What happened? What happened? Yes. Yeah, it is such an odd movie. I like. On the one hand, on the one hand, I'm gonna be fair with this movie. On the one hand, it definitely has like pieces of what could have been a good start, because Iron Man was not super upfront with setting up the universe. It's not like they were throwing in a bunch of hints and stuff and like little things that would imply that there's a universe ahead. It's really just the end credit scene that implies there's more. But and it, Superman does that. I mean Man of Steel is like this movie isn't super upfront with with its story building. It's not like Batman versus Superman. Like it doesn't just throw random elements and tries to tell you we're going to make a universe out of it. But at the same time it feels so unambitious. It almost feels like they took the safest and most the least interesting Superman story they could tell. Like they didn't want to go too crazy because if they went too crazy. No one would watch it. But if they went too simple, no one would differentiate it from the old movie. So they needed to do something that was a little more, a little darker, a little more interesting than the Superman movies. But at the same time, the original Superman movies, but at the same time, they didn't want to do something too radically different. Because they were worried they might, I don't know, betray the fans. I don't know. So, like, they kind of come off this very bland, safe Superman movie that the only real changes is that its colors are a little bit darker and they picked Michael Shannon to play Zod. That's really about it. And, I mean, it could have been fine. Maybe if they'd have had a more interesting follow-up, then they could have redeemed it. Like, no one's going to bash the original Captain America. It's a decent movie. Actually, yeah. I say it's actually a really good movie. But at the same time, Winter Soldier and Civil War leagues better and made Captain America t- 20 times more interesting. So, like, this could have been fine. They could have made Superman sequels that made it more interesting and made the first movie better. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having a bland start, but you just need to follow up on it, you know? And... They definitely don't do that because three years later, they do Batman versus Superman in 2016. Oh my. Three years after Man of Steel. Three. That's insane. Like, 
Iron Man 2 came out two years after Iron Man 1, but you had Incredible Hulk in the middle, too. Like, come on. You waited three years to do their next movie. It's like ensuring you that no one cares. But anyways, I'm sorry. You go ahead and talk about Batman vs. Superman. <laughs> I've talked too much. And I know Batman you have a lot to say. Batman Superman. Oh my. This movie is bad. All right. Let me explain. So, um, like I kind of said, this movie takes place three years after Man of Steel. Um, which, you know, there's, there's nothing in between DC related. So, you know, there was no like new Batman movie because, you know, they, they hired a new Batman, right? Because, you know, doing casting Christian Bale would have been too easy. It's time to introduce an entirely yeah, new yeah, Batman. Yeah, they have a new Batman. They. Thank God they have the same Superman from Man of Steel. Yeah, right. They could have recast him, <laughs> um, too. So, yeah. Uh, they have those two. And as you expect, it's Batman versus Superman. So they fight for, like, 0.2 seconds. Um, because, you know, that's... that's well, it was, like, one yeah, action scene uh, in the exactly, middle. <laughs> that's not a point in the movie. Um, and, you know, you know, the reason they stop fighting is because, you know, their moms have the same name. You know, that... That that's that's right. something. Yeah, right. I mean, I I always appreciate it when people have the same yeah, mother I mean, name. Yeah, that as me. that was that was dumb. Um, and they have hmm. uh, oh, what's his name? What's his name? Connor. Uh, the guy who played Lex Luthor. You know what's his name? Uh, Lex Luthor. The, the Jesse Eisenberg. Oh, Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lex Luthor. Uh, that that was something. He was. I was gonna say I was gonna say it's not a bad casting, and then I realized it is a bad casting. I don't know yeah. why I was trying to hype it up. Yeah. It's a really bad uh, casting. Yeah, he he's in that movie. Uh, spoiler alert: he never shows up again in any other DC movies. Oh, he's in the end credit scene of Justice League. That's about it. Yeah, I, I seriously that he's gonna come back. Yeah, no, he won't. Uh, he won't. So you know that 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 was a thing, and you know Wonder Woman was in this movie too. You know. I don't really know what this movie was trying to do. You know, was it was it Batman <laughs> Superman? Not really. Was it trying to introduce Batman? Not really. Is it trying to introduce Wonder Woman? Not really. Is it supposed to be a movie about Doomsday and Lex Luthor? No, not not really. You know, you know what I can compare this to? I can compare this to <laughs> um, Alvin and Chipmunks, the Squeakquel. With nostalgia critic. Whoa! You know, if, if he oh my gosh! Connection. That movie doesn't really know what it's trying to do with the plot. Same thing with Batman vs. Superman. That has no idea what it wants to do with this plot. It doesn't make sense. Why does the movie exist? Also, any future movie after Batman vs. Superman, it totally acts like it doesn't even exist. Like, nothing carries over. Nothing. It makes no sense. It, like, totally... It's just, I don't understand why the movie exists. It's like Green Lantern. It just like <laughs> exists in its own world. You know, like DC is just acting like it doesn't exist at all. At least for like the Incredible Hulk, Marvel's like, oh yeah, we acknowledge it exists. We just like, you know, we recast the Hulk, you know. Yeah, we know we're acknowledging it. But but with like this yeah. and Green Lantern, you know, it just doesn't it just doesn't exist. You know, it just doesn't. No, it doesn't. No. No. And I just, why? No. Why DC? Why do you make these <laughs> movies that just exist in their own world? Which doesn't make sense. Mm. Sorry for that, man. Right. 
that's all good. Um, I agree. <laughs> like, um, Batman Superman is the perfect example of like introducing so much and not following through on it. I think the best example of that is that scene when he bat and literally, I kid you not, Ben Affleck is just kind of sitting there as Batman, you know, doing Batman things. And suddenly, out of the blue, the Flash jumps out from this, like, wall. He's really old, and he's, like, getting pulled through, like, the space-time continuum, you know? And he goes, like, uh, I forget what he says. He says something cryptic, and then gets pulled through. Like, I, 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 I kid you not, mid-scene, the Flash just gets pulled through this alternate universe, says something cryptic, gets pulled away. Like, it's bizarre. Like, they introduce this thing, like, a random scene that makes no sense, and it says, oh, yeah, you'll, well, you, I will expect you to get it later. Like, the level of, that's such an odd thing to do. Like, don't tease us with something that makes no sense and be all high and mighty and be like, oh, you won't get it until later. Like, no, don't make, don't make a movie where I have to do homework in the future to get it. Yeah. Like, that makes no sense. I think that's the perfect encapsulation of this movie. It's just so much stuff that they're saying, yeah, this will be relevant later. And we're supposed to take their word for it. Like, I don't watch movies to to learn what they're going to do next. I watch movies to learn what they're going to do now. Like, come on. But what? Yeah, that's basically this movie. But I can't really top it the way you did. So I'm going to I'm going to say we should move on. And I wish I could say it gets better from here. But it does not. Because the next movie they did was Suicide Squad. Mm. The same. It was the same year. At least they did. At least they learned their lesson with the three-year gap between Man of Steel and Batman vs Superman. They only did a, like half a year between the uh, Batman vs Superman and Suicide Squad. But man, David, would you like to talk about Suicide yes, Squad? Yes, touch on the Suicide Squad. Um, this, yeah, um, yeah, mm, yeah, Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. <laughs> They're just like, um, yeah, yeah, um. uh, Margot Robbie is in this movie. Uh, <laughs> and that's all you yeah. need to know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Will Smith. Will Smith. <gasps> Will Smith. Will is also Smith. In this movie. Okay. Uh, so, you know, already killer <laughs> cast right here. Yeah, right. It's almost like they, they put all their money into the cast and literally <laughs> right, nothing right. else. Um, yeah, um, this movie isn't good. Um, and let me try to explain why. Uh, so, they introduce a whole bunch of characters we don't know. You know, that's, that's okay. And, you know... Yeah, I mean, Guardi- Guardians did yeah, it, so it's Yeah, that, that is true, that is true. But, um, they, they, like, they briefly, they briefly touch on their origin stories... Um, which in Guardians they actually go into depth with like most of the characters' origin stories. Like like um Peter Quill's origin story is a big part of the first one, and Gamora's is a huge part of Infinity War and Endgame. Um and they also do mm-hmm. touch on Drax's a lot. Um Yeah. And I mean at the very least, they don't make they don't make the yeah. characters generic. Yeah, yeah they're yeah, at least yeah. unique. Yeah. Um so yeah, unlike Guns of Galaxy, um, they don't really touch on the backstories that much. Like they have like this 
And and if they do, it's just like this guy is cool. Yeah. Move on. And it does it's has, like it has these no short impact on montages. It's, yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah. Really short backstories. Um the the, the bad guy, the the girl, I don't even know her name, Enchantress, I think. Isn't isn't it yes. really that interesting? Yeah, yeah. I mean, when your motivation is just I'm bad, I feel like that, yeah, that's she, a bad. She omen. shows up, does some bad things, and then they take her down. And that's it. And yeah, yeah, that's that's it. And it doesn't really connect to the DCEU a whole lot because all we've had is Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman. So there's. Yeah, the best you get is the best you get is like one scene with the bat with Flash and Batman, yeah. and that's it. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what yeah. else to say. Yeah, this movie's weird. Yeah, it's a weird movie. I I hate this movie with a pretty strong passion. I really don't like it. Like, I feel like Suicide Squad. It, it's essentially the equivalent. I, I've heard this analogy made many times, but. You've got DC, they make their movies, they go, Iron Man 1, Captain America Civil War, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy, like, and then they do a couple, I'll, we're going to go into more detail later, but, like, they, they, they go kind of out of order, and Suicide Squad is a perfect, a perfect, perfect like, representation of that, because I have no clue why so yeah. we're supposed to care about Suicide Squad. Okay. First of all, you have this, a very generic villain with a very generic plan. With no little to no motivation, and a bunch of villain characters just randomly introduced to take care of it, like there's no intrigue there. There's nothing unique about that because we've seen heroes stop villains many times. And if the only twist is going to be that they're villains and they're not going to do anything unique with that idea, all it is is that they're villains and then they do hero things. Like if you're not going to do anything unique with that, then why bother? And the movie kind of just never really justifies its existence at all throughout the entire movie. And they waste such good talent. Like, they waste Will Smith. They waste Margot Robbie. Like, I mean, I guess those <laughs> really are the two big ones. But, I mean, they waste a lot of actors and a lot of characters that they could have done so much better literally anywhere else. But they throw them in here just to have them there. And it makes no sense. Killer Croc is in this movie. Oh, Killer yeah, Croc's an awesome it. villain. He has, like, one scene. Yeah. He has one scene in the entire movie that's, that's like, that's about it. He just kind of follows everybody else around the entire time. And that's just, like, the movie has no goal. It has no, like, soul. It has nothing that warrants its existence. And there's no scenes here that I feel justify the price of admission. There's nothing here that I feel is, is in any way salvageable. It's a movie that just feels so useless. And I don't get why you could like it, really. It's so useless. It has nothing new, nothing interesting, nothing unique, and nothing, like, there's nothing here. It's such an empty void of a movie. I mean, I guess if you really like seeing helicopters crash and everyone in them living, I guess this is good. (laughs) Like... If you really like that, maybe if you've really wanted to see Deadshot on screen for about ten minutes, you could do that. Yeah, it's it's either Will Smith or Deadshot. You don't get both. Um, 
if you wanted to see Captain Boomerang make a unicorn joke, go ahead with that. I don't know. There's really nothing here. Like, there's nothing good here. <laughs> I, I really couldn't tell you why this movie exists, what it brings, and why why it even is warranting to be talked about. So we're going to stop talking about it. Now, we're moving into 2017, David. 2017 was another year where DC... Like, you know, you just came off the bad year with Batman vs. Superman and Suicide Squad. So... I think people were just eager to get a new taste of what we could what we could get. And DC decided they were going to kick it off with doing Wonder Woman, giving Wonder Woman her own movie. Uh, she was introduced in Batman vs Superman, but you know what? They're going to actually make they're going to take something from those movies. You know, we're going to we're going to actually keep Wonder Woman. We're going to get Gal Gadot back and we're going to actually do a Wonder Woman movie. Sure, I mean, you just followed up Guardians of the Galaxy with Captain America First Avenger, but I mean, go ahead. So David, what did you think of Wonder Woman? I actually really liked Wonder Woman. It was it was a, it was a well-made movie and it was a change of pace. It really was. Like I think it was the the first good DC movie since The Dark Knight. You know, it was it was, it was well-made, well-directed, and it had a really strong female lead. You know, it was just it was a really good movie all around. I really enjoyed everything about it. Mm-hmm. I agree. I enjoy Wonder Woman a pretty decent amount. It's one of those movies that I feel made me like the character of Wonder Woman more because I saw it. And I appreciate it. Like, they took some time. They slowed down. They understood that they've been introducing too much. So they took a chill pill. They, took, they made a movie that focused on a character. It, it kind of had a period piece feel to it being taken place during World War I. It had unique action scenes. It had a, a pretty solid main lead. It had a lot of things that I feel like it had a, a setup that wasn't going to force itself into setting up more things. It's very self-centric. It works on building its own movie and that's it. And I appreciate that. That is until the ending. I despise the ending of this movie. They take everything good about this movie and throw it out in the last 10 minutes or 20 minutes. It is such a spit in the face. I really don't like the ending of this movie. But I obviously, I'm not going to go into huge detail because that's a spoiler. But the point is they do something here that kind of, they do something at the end that kind of just ruins everything they've been doing. And it's just, I feel like they just went with the most safe superhero ending that they could do. But you know what? I'm not going to discredit the rest of the movie because the rest of the movie is very solid. I still have, I have positive thoughts about Wonder Woman overall. Which is good because DC needed this. Like they needed a movie that was somewhat positive because all we had was Dark Knight, and Dark Knight had come out almost ten years ago at this time. So it took eight years, but they finally made a movie that was worth going yeah. to watch. Yeah. And then they did Justice oh my. League. <laughs> all right, it's David, Justice League. League. It's a step in the wrong direction, DC. Um yeah, um, either they shouldn't have done this movie in the first place, or they just did it too soon. Um, because they kind of did the opposite of what Marvel did. Marvel like laid out all the characters beforehand and then did a team up. DC mm-hmm. had some characters here and there and then just added in the rest. It's a team up. Mm-hmm. Um 
And I, I don't like that. I don't like what they did with the team up. It kind of just felt very abrupt and like forced almost, you know, it was like, what the heck? And then they came out with their solo movies afterwards, like Aquaman and they're coming out with Flash next year. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. Um, so, yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of that part. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, I'm, so I'm trying to like it. put how I feel about this movie into words, you know? It, Here, I can, yeah. I can give some history real quick. I think one of the reasons why this movie kind of ended up failing was at the time when it was getting directed, Zack Snyder's daughter unfortunately died. So Zack Snyder had to leave the project halfway. So they had Joss Whedon come in and do the rest. And the two of them have extremely different directing styles that clash a lot. You have Zack Snyder's very, he has a lot of dark colors and he does a lot more. He likes to be a little more like gritty and not much comedy. And Joss Whedon is very light colored, very bright, loves comedy, loves having characters feel very real, like real people as opposed to dark characters. So the two of them's directing styles are so different that, and, and with Warner Brothers also kind of meddling with the script a bit, you get a movie that has such a mismatched tone and I feel, in my opinion, does a lot of what uh, Batman vs. Superman did wrong, where it keeps it keeps trying to do stuff that, like, it keeps trying to introduce stuff that just doesn't make sense or too much at the same time. And it just kind of comes off as this big mess of too much going on. Because, and that, that is because of uh, tragedy. Like it's, I, I won't blame this movie because of incompetence. I blame it because of just bad, like a bad situation all around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did, you, did, you, did you formulate um, anything? I, I, think, I think what you just said um, makes, makes a lot of sense. On to why I am not the biggest fan of this movie. Um, yeah, I, I haven't seen the Snyder Cut. Have you? Oh, oh it hasn't oh. come out yet. Don't worry. That's uh, Snyder, Snyder Cut comes out oh, uh, oh, okay. next year. Um, I am hoping that that's yeah. a lot better. I'm hoping it's better. Uh, yeah. I, I, I feel like people are going to be disappointed. I, I very seriously think it is not going to be what people think it is. But I don't know. I guess it might be better than this, so... I guess yeah. I'm optimistic a little yeah. bit. Um, yeah, me too. Uh, I have I have nothing more to say about it. Well, I mean, yeah, I like yeah, Aquaman. Yeah, he, he's fun. He's fun. I thought, I, yeah. I like I what they did with Aquaman. And I, I guess I appreciate some of the smaller details. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm trying to be more forgiving to this movie than I probably should be. But... I don't know. I, I think this one just doesn't infuriate me as much as Batman vs Superman because maybe maybe because it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like something that it doesn't feel like a, a mm. complete failure from one man. It feels like a Frankenstein project that kind of just didn't need to come out. I'm more forgiving because I don't blame one person. I don't just blame Zack Snyder anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe because I like Joss Whedon. I don't know. But anyways. Now let's go on to 2018. 2018 was one movie, but it was clear because Zack Snyder is now gone and Justice League is had did so bad. 
I think DC just wanted to do simple character one character movies. They didn't want to build anything anymore. I think they recognize that trying to do what Marvel's doing is going to be way too taxing. So I think what they try to do now is just do movies, simple superhero movies. Sure, they take a little bit from Marvel in terms of a tone. Like they have very much the kind of half comedy, half serious tone. But they are trying to do something a bit better. A little a step in the right direction in terms of like a, the amount going on. So that movie, of course, in 2018 was Aquaman. Aquaman. Let's talk about Aquaman. Uh, go ahead. Uh, I like Aquaman. Um, I know, I know, you're not the biggest fan of the movie besides the ending. The ending is the greatest <laughs> thing ever created. <laughs> the ending is so glorious. The ending is like if you, you remember, like when you're a kid and you have all your toys laying out in the middle of your room mm-hmm. in this big pile. And you just kind of take them all, you take all of them and just yeah. make them all fight each other. That's the feeling I got when watching the scene. It's just everything in the world is fighting and yeah. it's awesome. <laughs> like, it's so ridiculous and amazing. And I could, I totally get if you hate it because it's such a cacophony of CGI and creatures. But I'm just like, oh, oh, just like watching the entire thing and just on my knees, like, good lord. They've done it. They've put everything on screen. <laughs> it was great. Uh, yeah. I won't. Yeah, I won't spoil what goes on. It's not like it's mind bending and amazing, but like it's yeah. so much. Yeah, but I mean, I, I thought, I thought, Aquaman wasn't a terrible movie. You know, I, I thought. Yeah. Oh no, it's it's decent. It, yeah, it's decent I mean, up till it, the was end. A, it was a step in the right direction for DC. Um, yeah, definitely, de- definitely better than. Green Lantern or Batman vs Superman or even Justice League, I think I think mm-hmm. twenty twenty eighteen to present, for the most part, uh, DC hasn't been doing terrible. You know, with the movies, you know, uh, Aquaman isn't bad, and then a movie that we're going to talk about next probably. Yeah, we'll, yeah, 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 we'll. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, Aquaman is totally like I could see it being guilty pleasure because yeah. it's so simple. It's very. It's very just a very like fun, safe, casual movie. You can watch this movie and you'll have no it, like no reason to think about it. It's very simple. It doesn't confuse you too much. It stays very much on track. It's got a very tightly knit narrative. It's not scatterbrained. It's not trying to set up 20 movies. And you know what? I appreciate it. I like that they went with this and I would love to see more movies like this. Maybe even, like, maybe if they keep expanding on it and, and developing those ideas more, we could have some really good movies. We'll see what happens. And we have, we, that was the only movie from 2018. Uh, 2019 had two. And this, is, this was last year, so, like, this is very recent. Uh, we got two very different movies last year. We got Shazam early and Joker late. Yeah. Uh, We've kind of talked a bit about Joker in our in our favorites, uh, the very first episode, but I feel like we could still talk about it again. And I didn't talk about Joker that much, and so we could talk about it a bit then. And uh, let's talk about Shazam first. Let's yeah. not get too far ahead of ourselves. I, Shazam. Shazam. I, actually, just like Aquaman, I really like Shazam. Um, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. 
like for mm, until the very end. Um, I really liked the movie. It had a simple premise. It was about this boy who got superpowers, and now he's into a grown man. Zim, you know, and he was just like you know having a good time, trying to be a superhero and stuff. And it was just it was, it was a fun movie to watch. You know, as a standalone movie, Shazam is a fun movie to watch. It's fun to go out with your friends or something, go watch Shazam. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, but then at the end, with like the seven deadly sins or whatever, that that was whack. But yeah, the ending does get a little carried away. Besides that, it was a fun movie. Really fun. I, I had a lot of fun watching it. I really did. Yeah, yeah. Solid film. Shazam's, Shazam I liked a lot in theaters and I rewatched it. It's not quite as good as I remember, but it's no mm. nowhere near bad. It's it's very like you said, it's very simple fun. And it has a lot of childish in, like wonder to it. Like this is this is like kids enjoying superhero movies. It's got a lot of that whimsy, you know, like like that that kind of thing. It's very childish and immature, but it does do a good job of balancing it out and it also has a lot of kids having fun with superpowers, yeah. which I appreciate. Like, they didn't make it so, oh, the first thing he does is go and save people. No, he's their kids. They're going to mess around with the powers. They're going to show off. They're going to get egotistical. They're going to start being getting mad at each other. Like, they're, they're kids. What are you going to do? And, like, I feel like they did a good job yeah. of balancing that. I liked Mark Strong as the villain. I mean, I know a lot of people didn't. I thought he was actually okay. And I do like that they that they didn't really like they didn't hold anything back they they did they did go full cheesy sometimes they went stupid and they showed off a lot of comic accurate stuff like that scene where they're wondering they're going through the uh they're going through the original shazam's like cave and stuff and they go like those find those mystical door things that reveal the the weird stuff you know mm-hmm. those weird worlds and stuff i, I mean i appreciate that they went weird like i mean it's not like amazing but they they went and they didn't hold anything back they weren't trying to be serious they actually went silly sometimes and i appreciate that it's not not like a masterpiece but i appreciate that like they they didn't do what the other earlier dc movies did and tried to be so deathly serious they went and had fun and i appreciate that yeah yeah shazam Shazam. now Joker is not. So, so kind of wait. Uh, so J- you have the next two movies because the one after Joker I have not seen, and you have. Uh, well, then we can still talk about Joker. Uh, I think we'll do a quick checkup on the last movie, and then we'll do what one. We'll do some yeah, last yeah, thoughts yeah. about yeah. the entirety of the DC movies. Yes, but let's talk about Joker. Uh, you can start with Joker, and I'll finish with Joker. Yeah. I'll talk a bit about uh, it afterwards. I, if you if you haven't watched the first episode. I love Joker. Uh, one of my favorite Joker, movies good of all movie. time. I, it, it was it was a lot of fun to watch. It was really interesting um, how they kind of played played his uh, his origin story. You know, I, I I personally wouldn't count this movie as being part of the DCEU. Uh, oh yeah, I, no, it's heck, not. I wouldn't even count this really being a superhero movie. Um, it was kind of just. Mm-hmm. It was is is a movie, standalone movie, on its own, that was very interesting to watch, and it was just a, a very well done film. I also loved the score, um, loved Joaquin Phoenix, uh, loved the performance. The performance was remarkable. 
Um, loved everything they did with the movie. Um, personally, I think one thing I didn't like about the movie was the fact that they kind of had uh, the Thomas Wayne, Bruce Wayne kind of thing. I feel like that was kind of mm. unnecessary. Like, I get that you want to stay with, like, the roots of the of the superhero thing, but I feel like that doesn't really add a whole lot to the movie. Um, if you haven't seen it, please go watch it. It's really, really good. 2019 had a ton of good movies, and this is one of them. Please watch mm. it. Very, very mm. good. Joker good movie. Uh, yeah. Joker is one of those movies that it's not DC. Like, it doesn't really feel like a DC movie. It's very much... Uh, it has more of, like, that serious tone. It feels more like a movie. It's it's pretty dark, pretty twisted, but it's got a lot going for it in terms of a strong lead character. It has some interesting, uh, interesting stuff about mental health, which I think is a, a nice touch. It's got, uh, it's got a really good score, like you said. It's well shot. It has some. It has a lot of really like striking images that are very distinct to the movie. And yeah, I get a lot of the complaints people have about it. That sometimes it feels it's sometimes it's trying to. It kind of gets a little heavy handed with being dark. Sometimes it feels forced. Like it feels like they wanted to make a super serious Joker movie, and doesn't feel like there was much else behind that. Maybe sometimes it, it sometimes doesn't even feel like it should have been a DC movie. Maybe it should have just been yeah. a regular movie. No, no one. I'm not gonna act like this is the perfect film, but at the same time, I think we, you shouldn't be questioning it that much. Like, don't don't act like you're that film snobby that you're gonna dismiss this movie because it didn't need to be DC. Like, come on. So I feel like I feel like if you're gonna, I mean, if you if you really feel that way, go ahead, but. If you you could probably dismiss that. It's not a huge deal. I don't know. I feel people kind of go a little harsher on this movie than it deserves, but very solid uh, over overall, in my opinion. And uh, Joaquin Phoenix, really good, as always. And, you know, Heath Ledger was, uh, like, the predecessor to it, so now you have a second Joker that won an Oscar. Look at them go. You know? Yeah. 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 So... We really only have one more movie to talk about before we get into suggestions. And I've already mentioned it before, but I mentioned it in the 2018 or 20, 2020 movie roundup. But I'll really quickly talk about it again. Uh, Birds of Prey or The Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn came out in February. Uh, decent movie, a little heavy handed and doesn't need to be rated R, but it has a lot of fun moments. It's very comic bookish. Check it out if you really like comic book movies. But I get it if you don't like it. It's very distinct and it's very, uh, very heavy-handed with a lot of uh, with a lot of its messages. But not a bad movie at all. Anywho, I didn't want to go on that one. I had real quick about <laughs> that one. Let's talk about let's talk about DC. David, do you think the DC was is has been a success or a failure? Has it gone more good or more bad? Uh, I feel like DC had its ups and downs. And it's really hard to say if the, the as DC as the entirety is a success or a failure. I feel like it's had its successes and I feel like it's had its failures. Um, but when it hits high, it hits high. And when it hits low, it definitely hits low. Um, I think the I think the universe has potential. It has much potential to be good. 
as we've seen in the Dark Knight series and in Shazam and Aquaman and Wonder Woman, it has potential to be great. It's just, for some reason, isn't using it. And it's sad. It really is. I feel like it's trying too hard to be what it's not. Um, everyone's just trying to hop onto that Marvel bandwagon, you know? Like, they make money, and it's what everyone wants, you know? They don't, they're not trying to make a quality movie, and I feel like they could. They really could. They're just not. Um, and it, yeah, like I said, it's sad. They have a lot of potential, and um, I'm really rooting for them. I'm on their side. I want them to do good. Yeah, that's really well said. And I, but well, before we go, I want to say one last thing. I'm going to bring up a point that was made about DC in a Nostalgia Critic review. He said, and I remember this really well, Marvel was gods becoming people. DC was people becoming gods. What he means by that is like, with Marvel, you took superheroes, which at the time were so above humanity and so larger than life, and they turned, they, they humanized them. They made them real people. DC took the normal everyday human and made them super big and larger than life and idol, idolized. You know, they made them huge. They made them these grand spectacles these huge powerful people that you could look up to and you could you could wish you could be they were the idealistic human and both of them have their strong suits and i feel dc at its best when it does wonder woman when it does aquaman when it does dark knight it can it makes those superheroes feel larger than life they feel like big they feel like they're inspiring they're like the cool characters that you want to see dc do and not, and I'm not going to say their failures come when they try to do the uh, gods becoming people, but DC needs to understand that their niche is their niche is not doing what Marvel's doing. Their niche is doing what they what they do best, and when they do that, they're their best. So DC just needs to focus on that, you know, focus on making characters that are so engaging and so powerful and fun that you that you are kind of forced to respect them. And DC can do it. They have the characters to do it, but it just takes, you know, it takes them to focus. You know, they got to, they got to stop doing what Marvel's doing and do what they do best. You know, that's all, all I right. got to say. Good stuff, Connor. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Suggestions. All right. So we actually spent this week together. David came yeah. down to Illinois. So I decided what I was going to do is I want to try to, my suggestions be things that I didn't do with David, or if I did, I didn't do much with David. So, unfortunately, I only have two. David, how many sessions um, do you have? Man. Um, I have two as well. But, yeah, I, I know. I know, I know. <gasps> how dare uh, you not have three? Well, I actually, I have 2.5. I do have half of a suggestion. You'll see what I mean when I get to it. But, David, what are your two suggestions? Right, so, I have a song and I have a show. Okay. So, okay. I'm going to start off with my song. So, if you guys don't know, uh, my favorite band is Brockhampton. Uh, Brockhampton. Didn't realize that. Uh, Brockhampton. Brockhampton. Um, no, they don't have a new album. No, this this, this is a oh. this is an old song, older song, but I have yet to mention. Um, in this song, you should definitely give it a listen. If you don't know who Brockhampton is, or 
any other songs. Or if you do, you should give this song another listen. It's called 1999 Wildfire. Um, I haven't listened to this song in a while. Um, it's, it's one of their singles. It's one of their older singles. Um, I mean, older relatively. It came out in 2018. Um, they started in 2017. Um, and this is, I think this is one of their best songs. Um, it, it utilizes all, all, all the vocals. Um, if you don't know what Brockhampton is, it's a, it's a rap, um, boy band-esque, um, yeah, rap boy band. Rap boy band. And so what, what they do is they'll take turns rapping a different verse and then only have like one person do the chorus, um, and I think a lot of the verses in this song are really well done. And one of my favorite members, Bareface, who isn't actually a rapper, he's he's kind of he's, he's a vocalist. He's a vocalist who has a more pop kind of style to it that adds a kind of different twist to the song that I really like. Um, his verse is one of my favorites. Uh, definitely give the song a listen. It's it's well made. It's really good. It's really fun to listen to. Uh, it has some funny verses in there. It's just it's just a really good song all around. Really enjoy it. I listened to it on the car ride home from Connor's house. Very, very well, very well done. Definitely good to listen. Exciting, exciting. And then my show. Show. My show. Uh, so I've I've if you guys didn't watch last week's podcast, uh, oh, yeah, or two, so weeks, two ago, weeks ago, sorry. I am currently trying to tackle the behemoth of a show, One Piece. And yeah, behemoth. and that's taken up a large amount of my time. I've been watching a ton of movies or other shows because I'm watching a One Piece. Um, so I'm going to re recommend One Piece again. If you guys haven't seen it, um, I'm on a new arc right now. Uh, if that makes any difference, um, you see, an arc is like a couple of episodes that are interlocked with an yeah. overarching story. Yeah. If you are not Amine Snavi, like yeah, myself, um, yeah, and they're not a couple of episodes; they're like thirty to forty episodes long. Ah, uh, David, stop <laughs> trying to correct me. I'm right. You're wrong. Um, but yeah, one piece. Definitely check it out. I know it's long, not gonna be intimidating, but it's really good. A really good story, really fun characters all around. Really good show. Please watch it. Please watch it. Please watch it. Please watch it. That was a lot of please watch it. Really good. Well, I'm not planning to watch it, anyways. (laughs) Anyways, I have a game and and a movie. I'm going to start with my game. So you've probably, if you've been on the internet for the past couple of weeks, or actually, yeah, like a week or so, you've undoubtedly seen this game. It's really popular suddenly, and I feel like a shill saying it. But Fall Fall Guys, Guys. pretty fun game. Fall Fall Guys is actually really fun. It's like like a parkour kind of thing where you go through like these American Ninja Warrior style challenges, and if you get eliminated, you get eliminated. But if you win... You get to become part of like the remaining group, and they they keep uh, they keep carving down that group until there's just one left. And uh, it's a fun game. 
it's intense. It's it doesn't take a lot of skill, but there's a little bit of skill there. Uh, it can be infuriating, but it can be also really rewarding, and I enjoy playing it a lot. It it's no masterpiece game or anything, but it's definitely a fun one to just throw on when you're bored. It's entertaining for sure. And the second thing I want to talk about is a movie. This this movie I loved, and it's becoming one of my new favorites, favorites very quickly. I watched it on the Peacock streaming service because that's my new thing. I've advertised for Peacock so many times. It's not even funny. Um, (laughs) But I watched it on Peacock and loved it so much. I ordered it right after I finished it. And that movie is Moonrise Kingdom, directed by Wes Anderson. Moonrise Kingdom is about a boy who's who's chilling. He lives on this island just off the coast of New England. He lives there in a very tightly knit community. He's he's with this group. They're this kind of like this... uh, Boy Scout style group with the camp leader being Edward Norton, the man, the myth, the legend himself, uh, yeah. fight club guy. Uh, the, the, but the boy decides, you know, he's sick of just life. He's sick of people dropping expectations on him. He's sick of, he's sick of it, you know? And he, so he decides to run off with the girl he likes. He tells that girl, I want to run away and live in the woods. Do you want to come live with me? And she goes, yes, because she's sick of it too. And you get to know the two of these kids as they kind of get to know each other. There's a lot of awkward romance in it. It's adorable. But it has. A, I love what it has to say about, like, growing up. And this idea that, like, kids are so desperate to just be adults. That they're so, they're so willing to, you know, solidify the person they're going to be as quickly as possible. You know, they want to, like, kids just want to be free. They want to they wanna be their own person. I just love, I love like everything to do with that message. And it's very sweet. It's really funny. It's a really funny movie. Wes Anderson is a, like, I, I love Wes Anderson. And I feel this is probably the best encapsulation of his work. Like Grand Budapest, fantastic movie. But I feel there's so many characters in that. Not every character I feel is done to the fullest. Moonrise Kingdom, every character here. Every Bay actor they got, I'm talking, they got Bruce Willis. They got Edward Norton. They got... Uh, Francis McDormand, they got Bill Murray, they got Tilda Swinton, they got uh, the guy from Seinfeld. I mean, that's not helpful, but like they they have a huge cast of characters and every character I feel is just perfect. They have great lines. They're really funny. They're really engaging. Like, I just love all the characters here and it's super sweet. It's super funny. And I adore this movie to death. If you have not seen it, Definitely watch it. I loved it. I've been thinking about it a lot. What's it called again? Fun movie. Moonrise, Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah. Anywho, any yeah, of course, go watch it on Peacock. If oh you you don't have to own it, it's on Peacock. Just you go get Peacock. It's a good yeah. streaming service. <laughs> anyways, anyways, I have one last half suggestion because I'm still watching Avatar: The Last Airbender. Pretty solid show. I've been thinking about it a lot. But I already suggested it. I'm not like David and won't make it an actual <laughs> suggestion. <laughs> Anywho, thank you again for listening. This is a great episode. I had a lot of fun. I just think, Dave. I talked a lot. I swear to you, the next episode, I'll make David talk the entire time. Um, uh, please check out the Instagram. Just in case we miss an episode like we did last week, you need to be on that Instagram to make sure yeah, that we're up. not dead. Go check it out. Uh, what's that smell underscore you thinking again uh please uh remember every sunday new episode we're gonna stick to that try not to miss them but we did miss them last week sorry about that uh 
Thanks again for listening to the only podcast that will most likely not give you COVID. And that is... You thinking again?